3750 is over resumed. Okay, you ready to go? <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what we're talking about though, honestly. I'll bring <laughs> us back. So, resuming in three, two. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Lost LT podcast. Nelson, how you doing, man? I am doing excellent. How are you? Doing well. So, we talked about how we're going to have to change the name of this podcast because as of tomorrow, uh, one of us will no longer be an LT, right? That is correct. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, congrats in advance. I tentatively accepted the invite to go participate in your pinning ceremony. I have to decide if I feel like driving over there. But um, you say finally. So real quick, um, you became eligible when? In February of this year. And what was the holdup? Um, it actually wasn't that bad timing wise compared to what it has been. Um, but it's just going through the the FedRec process, the federal recognition process. So first it has to go through the state level and then it goes to the federal level and, and goes all the way up to the secretary of defense. So that just takes time. Cause there's like 27 steps in between. And it was like watching is. water boil, right? You're checking the, uh, the scroll like every day. Yeah. And fun fact is that scroll is manually updated. So some person somewhere that's probably working from home right now actually goes in there and updates it. So there would be significant gaps in time. And all of a sudden I'd, I'd look at them like, wait, that's six steps away from where it was last time. Okay, cool. I'm not going to complain about it, but it just, there wasn't any like computer generated tracking of it. So it was kind of had that wait and hope like, well, maybe it'll have a big jump this time unlike last time or whatever the case is. So just kind of waiting on other people. Yeah. I don't know how you did it, man. I, I would not be, it'd be hard to just constantly check. And the thing is like when, for those that may not know, you know, the, the ascension from second lieutenant to first lieutenant is pretty much automatic. Like you don't, don't kill anybody. Don't lose anything. 18 months, boom, you're good to go. Right. It's just, it's a done deal for the most part. Um, captain, however, you have to be sitting in an O3 slot, right? That, that was the, you had time and grade, time and service. And then when you assumed command, you took over an O3 role and that's what ignited or, or initiated the process, right? Yeah, exactly. I've been sitting in that slot for 11 months now as of this month. So it, it took a while, you know, six months of first lieutenant time, which they actually made me wait till I got into that six month window. So I wasn't a first lieutenant for too long. And then another five months after that to, uh, to actually get it through the process. It's crazy. And will there be back pay for this or no, unfortunately, boom, you get it. You start getting captain's pay tomorrow. Yeah. They, specifically because of COVID, they said, Hey, you'll get up to 90 days of back pay. And I was like, cool. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting any because typically from first lieutenant to captain, you don't get anything. And then when they told me they're like, Oh, awesome. I'll take three months of back pay. That's, that's great. Significant. And then I looked at the actual date of rank on there and it was July 27th is what they marked it as. So I'll get a whole <laughs> three days of back pay. And I was like, ah, oh, you bastards. Yeah. I just, uh, it's, it's not going to land, but the, uh, the Justin Timberlake, like really, meme or gif comes to mind just like man mm -hmm. but i mean again congrats uh as far as i know i think you're the first captain in our class right for class 56 yeah we did have the the two other people that tagged along um they were fast track they don't they don't count yeah that they, they're not true graduates of our class so yeah. they did beat me to it but they also you know commissioned a, a few months before i did and they were both in 0203 slot so it worked out really well for them but yeah out of our out of our true class 56 i am the first one dang who'd have thought 
the first one to get command and the first one to, to get that 03 and you're you're nipping on my heels but i still beat you so chew on that i will because i'll actually have a company to lead versus your platoon size element so platoon all commander. i'm saying is the uh seals have platoon commanders that's all i'm saying so oh i'm sorry i didn't know i was <laughs> talking to a seal here um not even close only saying that facetiously yeah and that's the that's that's the funny thing about you and i is just the constant jabbing and pushing towards being better like i'm not going to say like i was 100 percent motivated to pursue command because i didn't want to have to call you sir for a very long time and i'm still struggling with that that's going to be you want to talk about an existential crisis that i'm going to have crisis of character but um it's good to have that that jabbing back and forth and that that pushing so you know i was able to kind of latch on to the fact that may have had an influence in you getting your ts may have had influence in you kicking off uh, alpha gear co and uh now you're kind of influencing me to step up and a um, certain captain asked me for some documents to get my paperwork in so hopefully the weight's not as excruciating but you know when it happens it happens i, I kind of like right now still being a first lieutenant in a commander's role i think it's kind of cool speaks to the trust that's been put on me and what we're doing but um <clears throat> kind of want to segue into my, an update for me um less on the military side, more on the entrepreneurial side, because it's, it's a headache that hit me on Monday. And, um, we haven't really talked too much about it, but since we're kind of transitioning into like a, you know, uh, Alpha Gear Co slash, um, you know, 30 year olds doing the best that they can slash military guard officer work life type stuff, you know, we'll still figure that the each is out. But, um, you know, I've got the, the dodgeball gear company and, you know, we, we, we make, well, I don't physically make them, but we manufacture knee pads and the second model, the second generation, which was based off legitimate feedback from all the sales I've made, all the, the events that I've participated in, um, finally got the order in. And as soon as I came up to my driveway and I saw, you know, six boxes from China waiting for me, I just had this feeling of dread, like they fucked this up somehow. And, um, and they did. And so that is the risk of dealing with, um, overseas, primarily Chinese, uh, manufacturers, the, the gap in communication is big. And the thing that sucks is like, there's really nothing I can do about it. Um, I'm looking into, I don't want to say like requesting a chargeback, but just some kind of retribution to maybe seek through, you know, Alibaba, um, in the event that I could get some kind of cost recouped. I've been going back and forth with the manufacturer and to his credit, he's, he actually just offered me a hundred pieces for free next order, but I'm still compiling, you know, a list of, of evidence saying, no, dude, like I ordered these specific things. I said this, you said that, um, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm at his mercy. And so that's kind of driven me to shop within the States. And, um, I know you went hard when it came to sourcing. Once you got your, um, resellers license has, have you had any issues with your suppliers yet at all? Um, so I work through distributors here in the U S and I haven't had an issue there. I have tried to do a little bit of stuff, you know, through Alibaba and through working with the supplier in China. I shied away from that as much as possible. The only thing I have done with that is that, you know, those tactical pens, cause it's kind of hard to screw up the pens and they did a good job on them. So I can't, you know, can't fault him for that, but your exact issue is what's made me extra hesitant. And, and I wanted to go with as much American made stuff as possible. So I'm only working America. on manufacturing my first couple items that are, you know, original alpha gear company items. Um, 
and those I am working with a, a supplier here in the U.S. to work on, which has been a fun process because actually someone I've known for for many years. So it's it's cool to finally get to do a project together. But that is, I really really like the American made aspect of things. So it's just hard though because so much stuff is made in China or Korea or Japan or wherever. Um, so it yeah, it's that whole game of cost versus being competitive and and all that fun stuff. So so I I was thinking about this because I had been talking about, you know, trying to get over the slump, trying to find motivation again. And that night I was just pretty fired up and working hard to try to get some kind of leads, like not obviously going to have a solution that night, but it was like, all right, it's about time I look at what what's here in the States. And one thing I learned through, um, one of our guys that, that helps us with the branding and the media is he has a contact of somebody who has access to a factory in Florida and, the the appeal for Chinese manufacturers is that it's easy, especially with um, Alibaba, AliExpress, and and the fact that to their credit, the Chinese nationals do speak um, decent English. So that what used to be considered maybe impossible ten years ago, twenty years ago, is, is definitely not the case now. Anybody can just you know hop online, order you know eighty, hundred, two hundred pieces of some item, rebrand them. And boom, they're here within you know a matter of, of months mo- at, at, at the most. And a lot of people have fallen on that model. And because it became such a um, not easy thing for me, but because it worked, um, I forgot that there might be other options. Um, when you're looking at manufacturers and suppliers, like how do you, how did you start? Like how did you find some of the American-based ones? Um, in my particular case. It was, it's actually my best friend who I was originally working through and he has some, some really great, he, he's a machinist. So he has some really great tools and, you know, industrial machinery. Um, what I, in the particular items I'm working on right now, aren't something that he can do hundred percent in-house because the finish work of it, he's more of an industrial guy and, and the machinery has you know, plasma cutters, things like that would, that would leave a, a rough edge for the smaller pieces I'm trying to do. But through him, I was able to find someone who does production laser work. Hmm. Um, so he got me in, in touch with them and kind of said, Hey, we, there's a few different options, what we can do for the finish of them and, and different cuts. And then they, we kind of went into that process of, Hey, I know you're looking at this, this, and this feature within this tool. Um, yeah, those are all great, but this other one is going to like basically double the cost if we have these two features together, um, and, and things like that. But they said, we can always try it as a one-off with some basically scrap material they have cause they always have leftover stuff and the items I'm working on are pretty small. So we can always, you know, run it through once we've made one to spec and, and, you know, assure that you're like it and it meets the quality and everything. Then we can base the pricing off of that one piece and say, okay, we're going to do that on a bigger scale. And we can either do, you know, several hundred pieces or we can just do a small batch to see, you know, for market testing and things like that. So just working, having like one foot in the door, was able to hook me up with other connections and, and saying, Hey, well, we can actually have the one manufacturer do this in this portion, uh, portion of the process. And then I can pick up that last one and do that last piece pretty inefic- uh, inexpensively. Um, so there's using one resource to get in contact with other ones was, was pretty cool. So I'm glad you said that. Cause that, that's when I reached out to you that night, I was like, I forgot what I said. I was like, man, I'm done with this crap. I'm going American. And then you said for a modest fee of, you know, take me on deployment, I'll help you out. I was like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but um, that's that's half the battle, right? Uh, exactly. I mean, literally, one foot in the door, you know, opened up um, more avenues for you. 
and that was what happened with me. Just, you know, you, you shoot your shot, you, you go for it, you learn along the way. And, um, you know, for a while I had a pretty stellar product that was, you know, selling, um, I was moving units for, for a bit. And, um, now when I go back to that friend of mine, friend of a friend who has a access to, if, uh, I guess like a textile factory to produce, you know, leggings that are, you know, within the same quality as Lululemon. Um, that's awesome. I mean, forget going overseas at this point for any, anything athletic or, or compression wear. I'm going straight through her and I'd rather what I'm going to save in shipping headache and, and just not knowing if I'm going to get a good product, you know, I'll make up for with her middleman cost, but I would never have known that if I wasn't out there trying. So I'm really excited to see what, um, you know, once this whole COVID nonsense blows over and, um, she has access access to the factory again, what else I can do? And maybe she knows somebody who knows someone that can do, you know, um, padded knee pads, or maybe you might know somebody. And that's the thing is you just, you just get started. And that way setbacks like these, which, you know, if, if this was my first shot, I probably would have gotten so discouraged. I probably would be like, nah, fuck, I don't want to do this shit anymore. But, um, having been involved with this company for two years and knowing that, you know, I created something essentially from scratch, um, Yes, it wasn't going to be perfect. The frustrating thing is that it took, you know, I think we s- truly started pursuing this in November and we're almost, you know, eight, eight nine months out and it, it, it's not satisfactory. And, um, I mean, it, at the end of the day, it's like a first world problem. Like, dang, my knee pads didn't arrive. But um, it's it's motivating me to see what else is out there and, and to be able to go from the dependency of using cheap Chinese factories to something here in the States would be phenomenal. So I think, um, maybe more to follow on that. You know, that's, this is the first time we really kind of dug in at least to my entrepreneurial endeavors. Um, let's go back real quick to that product. Are you able to, to talk about what you're, what you're talking about with that friend of your, where he's only making like a certain tool yeah. or certain, what is that exactly? For sure. So it's, um, there's a bunch of different multi-tools on the market and like keychain multi-tools. So when I say that it's like, you know, there's a pry bar on one end of it, there's a, uh, some screwdriver options built into it. There's a bottle opener, um, different things like that built into them. And, and there's certain features of some that I really liked and some that I don't like at all. So I went through and I was like, you know, what? I want to take all the features that I like, put that into one. I actually want to make it in a couple different sizes, build it in the U S you know, have a stainless steel version. So you don't have to worry about, you know, any corrosion or anything like that. And then I can dive into powder coating is really easy. Um, and electroplating is really easy because my, my buddy does that with all of his tools. So, you know, for longevity purposes. So he's got crazy connections on that side. Cause they do so much of it. Um, and then, you know, on the, the gear side of the EDC side of the house, everyone loves Sarah coating and all these different coatings that go on, you know, on pistols and stuff like that. So I could incorporate that kind of stuff too, but I want to start out relatively basic. Uh, I'm looking at two different models for sure. And maybe a third one here, just out of, out of the process of come up with the third version of it. Um, and then from there, I have some other ideas. I'm not actually acting on those just yet. I want to kind of run these first couple to ground first. Right. Um, but yeah, I said that the process has been pretty cool and working with someone who does metal work every day. Um, he's like, well, I don't think you should use thickness, this thickness. I think you should use this instead. And, um, 
you know, if you're going to do stainless, we're going to want to have both sides of the, the metal, um, brushed. And if you do this, you could do this, um, knurling on one side. So, and just that kind of stuff. So some, someone that does it every day, even though that's not his particular wheelhouse, he's building industrial tools. Um, he still had some good ideas just from the tools that he uses every day, from the tools that he manufactures every day. Um, so again, just using those resources, Hey, this is my idea. He's like, that's super cool. Maybe we can change this dimension. Hey, if you build it this size, which is just a fraction of an inch difference, we can actually get a couple more pieces per sheet and that kind of stuff. So it's, it's been a neat process, even though it sounds kind of nerdy. Well, and that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we wouldn't be talking about this if you didn't take that initial plunge. I mean, think about when you first started, you, you know, you're getting so hung up on it was like go racks and then, um, driven to succeed. And I'm not, I'm not trying to bash you in any way, but just think about like how far you've come to this point where you're like nerding out on specifics. <clears throat> That's kind of what I was talking about with, you know, this knee pad of all things designed from almost the ground up based on feedback that if I didn't take that initial gamble, um, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't even have this problem. So I'm trying to tell myself, well, this is a good problem to have because look how far I've come at this point. And so, I mean, part of the transition from, you know, the Lost LT to Alpha Gear Co podcast, or I don't know if we actually really ever settled on a name. It's, it's for this reason. It's, it, we, we get to, we get the unique opportunity to kind of blend entrepreneurship and leadership through the National Guard um, into, into like one, I don't, I don't want to say that content piece, but it just kind of, there's more, uh, of a dynamic for, for what we're trying to accomplish with, with the podcast. So, um, yeah, for sure. I, I think it's a great illustration too, of how, you know, there are very rarely people that will just do one thing for their entire life and one, not go insane, but two, be satisfied with that. So it's all that variation that kind of one makes the man, but also keeps you interested and motivated and, and keeps you going and, and you know from focusing too much energy on one specific area that would essentially drive you mad so it's I'm glad, real life i'm glad you said that because were you ever the kind of person that could go to work come home pop up with a beer and call it a day um i had at one point and so then, much stuff it. going on without any focus right that i got burnt out and then i, I turned into that person for a couple years and and I, I basically I risked so much and took so much um, hardship because of that risk. I don't regret it, but it definitely did take the the wind out of my sails for a few years. And then getting back into it, I was like, oh man, how did I live without this? Once I started kind of getting back into that, I don't want to say growth mindset. That sounds cheesy and cliche, but Hashtag getting back into that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but kind of getting in that mindset, like, oh man, I missed this so much. I can't believe I I didn't focus on anything other than, you know, working and working out and working again. So, but even for the, someone else, so. even then I, w I would, um, I would get this feeling. So like, you know, I, there was a time when, you know, I'd, I'd work part-time random, random jobs and then, you know, that'd be essentially it. And then finally it's approaching my 25th birthday. And, um, I was like, you know, I kind of made this weird promise to myself at 18 where, you know, if I didn't make it as an officer, by the time I hit 25, I was enlisting come hell or high water. And I know that sounds cheesy to, oh, I made a vow uh, once upon a time to do this thing, but I actually 
felt that I was, I was driving. I can pinpoint exactly where I was in Tucson when I had that, that thought. And I was like, man, I've, I'm literally not really going anywhere with life. Literally not really, I'm, I'm not going anywhere with life. It's just kind of hard to admit even back then, but I, I needed to do something about it. So joined the air force reserves, um, got a taste of what it was like to actually accomplish something. And then, you know, came back, decided, all right, I'm going to go finish my, my, my degree. And then, uh, once that's done, maybe I'll become an officer. Maybe I'll get a real job, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, fast forward for a while, deployed, come back and, um, I would work and I'd come home and that'd be that. And I, I, you know, my girlfriend at the time, we would occasionally go out to dinner. Um, we'd watch, you know, I think we watched fringe a lot. Um, this is really weird. There's just something <laughs> constantly, really funny. yeah, there's just something constantly pulling at me. Like, yeah, I did dodgeball. That kind of helped because it, it kind of gave me that, that feeling of I'm creating something like whether it's a league or setting up teams or a bracket or trophies and I'm coordinating stuff. Like I really enjoy doing that. And so when I moved up to Phoenix, um, and got like an actual big boy job, um, I would, this is right when we started doing OCS. And so I remember sometimes like just this feeling of dread when it came close to a drill weekend and I would almost envy, um, my coworkers. I'm not trying to talk shit about them cause some of them are pretty, well, so my former coworkers are pretty high speed, but there's a couple that, you know, would come in, go to work and then go home and play video games or drink beer. And then they'd, they'd call it. And I would just envy the people like that. Cause I just never could do that. I could do that maybe once in a while. But I would always have to be doing something else. And my what I would tell myself is, well, do you really want to live like this guy? Or do you want to continue doing what you're doing and pursuing something that's going to make you, in your mind, a better person and challenge you? And so that's why I asked you. Like, and I remember, you know, and maybe we can focus on this um, in a future episode, but you're, you, know, you had your own um, shop. And so considering what you went through, I would imagine, yes, that's definitely going to burn you out. But, you know, how long until that that itch was, was, was calling to you where you, you had to go and do something extra. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it was a mental thing and a financial thing where it just was such an, an ass kicking essentially that, um, I, one was gun shy to, to do anything and two couldn't afford to for a long time. So, you know, after many years of financially rebuilding and, and having a completely different mindset there and, fixing my credit and, you know, rebuilding, having a savings and all that kind of stuff and, and actually building up a, a retirement again, things like that. Um, then I was like, there's really nothing holding that kind of that same mindset of, Hey, you're not getting any younger. If you're going to do it, do it now. Right. So at, at that point I was like, there's nothing holding me back. Why am I not doing this? Got to go. Yeah. And, and to your credit, man, I mean, you want to talk about a freaking, you know, 180 turning life around redemption story arc. I mean, to go from what you went from to now, you know, on the eve of your promotion to captain, um, as a commander, as someone that's got two houses and has a company, I mean, talk about like what happens when you listen to that voice that tells you, Hey, what else can I do instead of just, you know, calling it a day. And, um, before we spiral into digging into more into your story, this is one thing I realized too, when we, when I interviewed you, when we were still kind of playing with the, um, the driven to succeed podcast, um, I was like, man, there, there's, there's people who like, look at, you know, like Jocko Willink or, or Jeff Bezos or Tim Ferriss. And they're like, man, these guys made it. They're, they're solid. 
must listen to them. When we go back to how we talk about how our podcast is supposed to be for the average, you know, guardsman, I feel like what we're talking about is a lot more achievable and, and more digestible in terms of accomplishments. Because again, I will never be, you know, a SEAL commander, like, like we made fun of off, offline, but, um, there's, there's a lot to, to, to gather from that. And, um, trying to segue again, um, cause I, we, I feel like every time we, we talk and we're obviously getting a rhythm, they're like, Oh, we, we should talk about that next time. We should talk about that next time, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely want to dig in more to you on the entrepreneurial side for the next episode. Um, cause we're starting to kind of break away from the military aspect, but, um, I did want to segue to it. Um, before we do that though, this is the perfect way to do it. So Alpha Gear Co. We've, I feel like we've thrown that around a few times, but what's the meaning behind that word and, and name? Yeah, so the whole, the alpha aspect of it was just that kind of being that alpha male and not necessarily in your you know, chest thumping kind of way, but getting shit done basically is the the original motto that I can't use in advertising because it, it seems too crass. But right. that's basically what it is, is, getting shit done and taking care of your business. So not just for like an actual business, but taking care of your family, taking care of your obligations, taking care of your career, all that stuff kind of wrapped into one. So it's that whole preparedness not from like a doomsday prepper standpoint but just being prepared for life in general and, and making sure that you're thinking things through and you know if i i'm, I'm going to go up to our family cabin this weekend and i know before i go i kind of have a mental checklist of everything i need to, to have with me everything from i, I do carry a pistol when we go up there only because there literally are bears and stuff like that so i could need to protect myself or my small children or my wife from a, an animal right but also you know just kind of keeping that in mind a protection standpoint a making sure you aren't that idiot that's stranded on the side of the road like i don't have a jack in my car i don't know how to change my tire i don't know a million other things that could leave me in a bad position just kind of thinking through that stuff and and having that mindset of i'm not necessarily the guy that has you know even though i sell gear i'm not necessarily the guy that has you know 20 different waistband clip items on me at any given time i, I don't like having much crap on me but having those basic items with you to make sure that if you get into a pinch, you can take care of things. Or if you need to open a box that you have a pocket knife to do it with. Um, but it's kind of that, that mindset, taking care of your own, being able to help other people out when you can. And, uh, being a, a good person, not to sound cheesy again, but you'll, you'll tend to notice I do that. Uh, that's just the general idea of it. The, um, it starts with something simple too, like, like having a multi-tool, right? For, for somebody like myself who, you know, eventually now that I'm going to be a future homeowner, uh, if everything goes well in the next couple of week or two, you know, I'm, I was looking at, um, renovations, you know, like stuff I can do on my own, like pulling carpet, for example, and replacing it with vinyl flooring. And, um, I'm sure I probably wouldn't do like the best job in the world, but I saw it broken down via YouTube and I was like, I feel like I can learn how to do a lot of stuff just by trying it out and kind of going into that, you know, what's it going to take to start a company? What's it going to take to create a product? Um, as you kind of hack your way through it, you start to learn and pick up more and more. And so when you're saying, you know, have a, have the means to change a flat tire or have a weapon on you in case, you know, a bear attacks your family or have a multi-tool so you can cut open certain things. It, it just starts with little things like that. It's not like you just get one day woken up boom, you're all that is man, you know, you're freaking, uh, Jeremiah Johnson from the woods. And, um, the reason I'm kind of tying that into the name and 
what it means to be a man, going back to our podcast last episode where we kind of talked about the outpost from like a, a military signal officer, you know, armchair quarterback perspective. One thing I noticed, cause I, I rewatched it again last weekend. I was, I, I really just am obsessed with this movie, but I noticed captain Portis, right? Do you remember that guy? Yep. So yeah, coming commander, <clears throat> right. The, I think the third one, the, um, the one that was supposed to take over and ended up being part of the, uh, the, the QRF and, there was just something about this guy. Granted, he was only in for like you know ten minutes tops, not maybe not even like two minutes. But for me, that he just projected. When you think infantry officer captain, that's the vibe I got from him. Um, did you get anything from him at all? Yeah, just like uh, I, if I'm gonna forget his name again, just some terrible names. But the the LT was starting to to crack a little bit there at the end. He's like, hey, don't worry about it. It is what it is. So just kind of having that mindset of not trying to put people down or make people feel awkward when they're, when they're vulnerable at being there to be someone not necessarily nurturing, but someone to say, Hey, it's cool. Do what you got to do. I'm here for you. That's, that's absolutely definitely part of being a man. Yeah. So I'm looking at, uh, that one scene where, you know, exactly you said DLT held, held the line and uh, he's about to break out and he's like, you know, no, now is the time Lieutenant you, you took command. It's like, man, how do you become that? Like granted, obviously we're not going to be seeing combat, but you as a captain, like, do you feel like you can mentor lieutenants now? Do you feel like something magical is going to happen when you pin that rank tomorrow where you just realize, Holy crap, I'm, you know, going back to our days with OCS, you know, captain, um, I guess I won't name names, but all the captains that we would run into all the TAC officers for me, they were like, a cross between like a demigod, demigod slash father figure slash older brother. You're like, man, I hope to one day ascend to that level. Um, did you ever look at them that way or how did you see captains when we were first starting out as cadets or candidates? Um, I don't know that I, I, I knew they were a hell of a lot smarter than I was and they were, you know, depending on the moment, either a safe place for us, like you say, kind of like that, Hey, I'm going to teach you things. I'm going to protect you from your own stupidity and then they were also the the people that could drop the hammer on us if they wanted to. So um, I actually try to have that same mindset, even though I've been, you know, first lieutenant in command. It's I've always had that that mindset or trying to mentor people, almost like it, I'm not that much older than a lot of my guys, so more of a big brother than a dad. But I, I just try to remind people, like, hey, like I said before, remind my guys that I appreciate them, but also remind them when I'm, when I'm pissed or when they did something wrong. Um, so they're, they're getting feedback from me, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, so they're not just sitting there wondering what's going on. Right. That's kind of my, my big thing. Cause I, I did run into that a lot myself where it was kind of like, all right, figure it out, go. And it's a, it is a way to learn. Um, is it the best way to learn? I don't think so, but obviously you don't want to hand people everything here's here, just do exactly this. And you're good to go. You want people to figure stuff out, but it's also not necessary to make people, kind of fumble through things and screw stuff up and yeah you'll learn those lessons you'll remember those really well but you can also just as easily say hey this is what you'll run into if you do this let me give you a couple pointers to help you avoid those those you know big potholes if you will um, so that's kind of the, the mindset I try to take is passing on the information other people pass on to me so and you feel like that gives you that uh, I don't know how to, to explain it without sounding cheesy but like that that's the difference between a lieutenant and a captain is just 
the lessons you've learned up until this point, the experience and the hopefully, you know, good, good enough head on your shoulders to be able to convey that, that wisdom, but also not nurture to the point of being, you know, handholding, I guess. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess so. And I, I don't really look at it necessarily as a captain thing. It's more of a commander thing. Um, but I'm not going to put someone in a, in a position to fail just to be like, ha, ah, did you learn something? Like, it just doesn't do anything. If I unintentionally put you in a position where you're going to fail, then I'm going to help you as much as possible to try to rebound from it. Luckily, that hasn't happened to me yet. So I just go back to like, I guess what I'm getting back at is just demystifying, you know, the captain rank. Um, I guess because of tas- uh, the the mission that we've on the border mission, you know, we we got some exposure to you know some majors here or there, um, more lieutenant colonels. But for me, like the captain was the he was he or she was the like I said, they're they're kind of like just the god. Um, it's weird that I'm so close to that now. Um, so I'm just, trying, I'm just trying to get out of you like what your perception of them was and you know if there's going to be like this magical switch that that goes off tomorrow um you had said you know you kind of already had that developed over the course of your one year of command and uh your motto is you know not to let people hang to dry you know you're not you're not leaving them out there just for the sake of it or, or showing how how dumb they are compared to you but um yeah i guess I don't know, maybe we have different variants, uh, different ways that we perceive the O3 rank. So before I continue to ramble, what are, what are your thoughts on, on that whole thing? Um, I guess the my biggest takeaway is these are you know officers that have been around for a minute now. So depending on if you're active duty or guard or whatever, anywhere from, <clears throat> sorry, four to six years plus that, you know, been doing an actual job for a while and the the fun part and i mean that sarcastically with going from first lieutenant to captain is you're still in that lieutenant you know quote unquote lieutenant phase where if you screw up it's like okay what's well, a lieutenant but it's when you cross over to that captain like dude you've been here for a minute get your shit together if you yeah. screw up so um that is actually to be perfectly honest with you the biggest thing that i'm not looking forward to is you know being a commander and being a first lieutenant like okay well he's got you know, he, he doesn't have as much time as, as, as captain does and Go easy don't on quite him. expect as much. But yeah, once you cross over, it's like, okay, well, you're a captain, you're in charge, figure it out, don't screw it up. It's that somewhat bubble that whether it actually is there or it's just perceived, you know, goes away. So it's one of the bigger things. Yeah, so I kind of kind of hinted towards that where I was like, you know what? Yeah, it sucks that you beat me at this, but I still get to enjoy you know, just a, a couple more months um, as a first lieutenant in a commander's role. But at the same time, like not only am I in a commander's role, but we're also looking at deployment. So I've got a ton of entities that are just constantly in my business. And I feel like that is what's going to give me that distinction between an O2 and an O3. It's not this like lumbering badass, you know, coming in from a firefight that I saw in Captain Portis. It's, um, it's just the experience that you have. I mean, I bet if you compared both of us who we are now from who we were, you know, at the start of, um, when we got commissioned in what, 20, 2016, you'd probably be able to see that difference. I, I would imagine, at least I would hope, you know, um, I know I could just based on what I've learned, um, at least in the signal field and, 
and the experiences I've had up until up until this point, and the leaders that I had to work for or under. Um, what about you? What do you think you would? How do you think you'd look if you were looking at uh, Second Lieutenant Nelson for the first time? Oh no! I guarantee with us both of us being a little bit older when we commissioned in the first place, I think that was a definite advantage. But there was so much army that I didn't know yet. So many just everyday common things that I didn't know or understand at that point in time. Whereas now it's like, I joke around like, Hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not a phenomenal signal officer. I'm not a, a super techie guy or whatever. And I have one of the other uh, captains that I interact with quite a bit. Like, eh, I call BS on that. I'm like, yeah, you know, I know a good amount of stuff and start asking me questions. I started responding with them. Like, well, I guess just through, uh, through doing it as long as we have, I actually do know more than I realize. And it's, I'm kind of that same way with the, uh, the DIY side too. Like now my neighbors come to me and say, Hey, how should I do this? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just a guy that learned on YouTube as well, but yeah, you need to do this, that, and the other. So it's just that experience that really makes the big difference at this point. Whether you, whether you look at yourself as a, a brand new guy or, you know, a, a know-it-all badass, um, at the end of the day, it's very quick to tell who knows what once you start actually asking questions and, and looking for real answers and real products that need to be developed and stuff like that. So I, I guarantee you there'd be a massive difference between second Lieutenant Nelson and Captain Nelson. Yeah. And I think, uh, cause I, I can't make that legitimate comparison just yet. And I can't say Captain Damon, but, uh, I can at least say, you know, commander, um, versus coming in as a brand new, second lieutenant with without even having gone to like Bullock. And I think I even asked you this when we had our little powwow before I left. It's like, do you feel more of a second lieutenant now that you've had Bullock? And you're like, uh, kind of. For, do you remember <laughs> when I asked you that? Like, Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because even if you, I think you probably uh, may or may not have noticed, but my personality now in the command role versus the, you know, the platoon leader, or even XO role, I'm I'm a completely different personality now with my soldiers, not necessarily with you or with you know my buddies and whatever, but in that role, I have to have a different mindset. I can't say inappropriate shit all the time. I can't screw around as much. I I, I have to be that person that I'm I, like you said before. You're the adult in the room, so you have to be the person setting the, the good example and doing the right thing. And and is it easy? Especially so, COVID is perfect example. I walk into my office and and you know I've been gone for a meeting or whatever. And I come back in and everyone has their face mask off. Well, whether or not I think face masks are an effective way to, to fight this incurable pandemic that we're in or not, I still have to say, hey, put your damn mask on. You know better. If I come back out here again and they're not on, there's going to be repercussions, even though I don't necessarily care one way or the other. But my boss and his boss and his boss are all saying, hey, this needs to happen. Then I got to push that too. So if you're the person that's not enforcing the rules or not doing the right thing, it just sets a bad culture. So yeah, I, I, I joke around that I got boring when I took command cause I can't screw around as much and I can't make probably half the jokes that I did before. I now kind of the owner of the dad joke, um, just because I don't want to say anything that's going to get myself in trouble or look like I'm not taking things serious. So it's good and bad. Yeah. That's uh that's a good example because again you know we're not leading firefights but we have to deal with covid and it's i think it's ridiculous but you know our bosses say we have to do this and you know when you made that comment last episode about how 
that lieutenant, you know, said to that one uh, specialist, I better not ever hear you badmouth the commander ever again. That kind of ties into like, yeah, this may not be the most popular thing or the most effective, but, you know, as long as it's a lawful order, you got to uphold that and set that example. And if uh, if your guys see you slacking off, then that's going to permeate its way through the, the rest of the uh, the company. So, yeah, and you don't want you guys to think you're full of shit either. So I do, I, I probably shouldn't have, but I, uh, you know, on more than one occasion, like, dude, check it out. It's stupid, but it's got to be done. This is what we're being directed to do. I think it's dumb. You think it's dumb. We're all on the same page, but that's how it works in the army. You do what you're told. You accomplish the things you need to accomplish because that's how it works. So we're all on the same page. Go ahead and get it done anyway. So yeah. I've had to say that a few times now. Well, it's going to be curious to see, you know, how this changes, um, you know, as I assume command next month, as you pin commander, uh, commander, captain, um, I'm going to, I'm going to really think about how I would see myself. Cause I feel like that will help because again, I put so much, I don't say stake, but just the way I saw the captains, I was like, man, that's legendary status. These guys are so badass. They, they know exactly what's going on. They're not dicked up like we are. Um, can't wait till I get there. And now that I'm just this close, I'm just like, holy crap. <laughs> I still feel the same in certain facets. So, um, but, but to be able to have that ability to be like, no, let's, let's go back to 2016. Me like, okay, no, you, you've definitely changed a lot. Um, you're not the same person that that'll probably go a long way. And, you know, if you were to compare yourself or me to a brand new second lieutenant coming into either of our companies, um, they probably have that same, I would hope anyway, that same like kind of feedback loop going on. We're like, man, this guy knows everything. Can't wait to get to his level. One would hope anyway. Yeah, and that, that's actually funny you say that because one of the things that I always thought was super trippy was you, someone says, okay, we need to start planning for this. And you're like, okay, there's A, B, C, and D we got to plan for. Cool, let's go. And they're like, what about the other 20 things? I'm like, what are the 20 things? I can't possibly think of anything else that would come up. And then they're like, this, 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 this. You're like, oh, shit, how did I not think of that? And the other day, one of those situations came up where someone you know asked me a question. So, okay, cool, what are you, you going to do to get it done? this, this, and this. I'm like, what else? That's everything I think of. Like, what about this, 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 that, and the other? And they're like, oh crap. How'd you think of all that? And I'm like, great question. Just from doing it now, like, and, and having that mindset of let's look at those second and third order order effects and everything else around us that could could possibly affect it and kind of opening your mind up to that. And it's, that comes with the, the officer side and the leadership side of having to look at not just what's going on around you, but how it affects everything else around you. So, and, and again, it just comes with time. And I, I, in no way, shape or form claim to be some genius because I'm, I'm definitely not, but, um, just with time having that perspective changes a lot. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I guess that's what, what kind of, like I said, demystifies the mysterious captain rank. And I don't know, it's weird. Cause I know we, we kind of talked about like how, you know, maybe the next, episodes we'll we'll have like a you know quick update on what we're doing talk a little bit more to the entrepreneurial aspect and then kind of tie in some form of uh military reference but i'll be damned dude that movie that that made uh, an impact on me and i was just thinking oh man here comes captain hero portis this guy's all that is man and let's, oh, like, let's talk about that a little bit like what, what does it what does that even mean so to to kind of look at how we define what the alpha male is you know Going back to, it's not some dude beating his chest. It's not some guy popping his collar trying to be a badass for the sake of being a badass. It's someone that's confident, 
calm, takes care of others and just knows what's going on, has like a sense of awareness and experience to draw from. So I think, uh, oh, good. I was going to say that the last thing kind of on that same taking care of people and, and whatnot is so being a dad, there are certain phrases that I really have to pay attention to, to not say to my boys, like the whole, you know, one thing I, I promised myself I wouldn't say to them was, you know, you know, quit crying like a girl, quit throwing a baseball like a girl, quit running like a girl, whatever. Yeah. I said, Hey, I'm not going to say any of that crap to my kids. Cause one, that's not cool. It's 2020. You don't it, just to, you know, there's plenty of female athletes that could kick my ass up and down the court or the field or the whatever. So that's not even a valid thing to say, but two, you don't want to give your kids a complex and three, you don't want to re have them reinforcing negative stereotypes. So my four-year-old actually came home the other day and he, he says the most off the wall stuff sometimes now, now that he's a little more vocal and, and hearing stuff from other people. And he told my two-year-old to stop crying like a girl. And my wife looked at me and I'm like, I did not say that. I <laughs> have never mentioned this to you before, but I vowed to myself never to say any, anything like that. And she's like, uh-huh, sure. And I'm like, no, seriously. Like, it actually kind of bothered me that she was like, uh-huh, yeah, sure, whatever. And she's messing with me. Right. But it's still like, no, that's not the kind of, and for lack of a better term, that's not the kind of leader I want to be at home either. So just thinking about, like, words have meaning. I'm sure you've heard that a million times in, so far in your career. But words have meaning, and you have to think about everything you're saying to set a good, not only to do the right thing, but to set the good example for the people around you. Because you're in that role where people are looking to you for that example. Yeah, I mean, that's trying to keep this within the hour mark. Um, <laughs> you want to talk about, like, what are, the, what are the expressions, you know, at least with the military that, from our experience, words have meaning was one. Brevity is key is one. Don't quib. Um, but going back to the, I kind of laughed at you when, because, you know, kids say the darndest things. I was kind of laughing at the fact that, <laughs> He would probably pick that up from school, but then, you know, the wife looks right at you and you're like, no, I really, I really tried not to do this. I'm actually kind of offended by that because I, I really wanted to stress not to raise my kids that way. But, um, yeah, we, the two-year-old threw up in my wife's hand. We were driving up North and he got a little car sick and threw up in his hand and my wife's hand. She's having to be putting him, strapping him back into the car from, you know, using the restroom on the side of the road like men do. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but the two-year-old throws up in my wife's hand and the four-year-old like arches his head out of the car seat. Oh fuck. And I'm like, Oh, that one I unfortunately Which, can take credit you. for. So yeah. I have to watch myself <laughs> and he, I have to give him credit. He used it at the exact right time in the right, exact right context. Just not the language <laughs> I want him, uh, spitting out at uh, age four. So I'm like, okay, well note to self. He is a parrot at this point And the two year old is already picking up that kind of stuff. So I'm like, all right, be better, be a better man in that aspect. So God, that's funny. I can't even, I don't know when I said my first F bomb. I, I probably wasn't even until like double digits. I just wouldn't dare. Um, that's funny. <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, that one's me. No, that, I, I own that one. That's my bad. Then you have to get in the hypocritical conversation of, hey, that's a mommy daddy word. Please don't say that. Don't say that in front of your friends. Don't say it anywhere. Don't say it, period, until you're an adult. I'm like, okay, daddy. <laughs> like, uh, he's, like, such a, he's not such a troll it. right now. Uh, yeah. Trying to tell him not to do exactly what I basically taught him on accident. Do as I say, not as I do. Yep, exactly. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll have a, probably another week behind us next time we, we convene. Um, kind of want to spend more time demystifying manly figures. I don't know if that's where you want to go. But um, hopefully I'll have an update on the whole knee pad fiasco and we can kind of speak to 
maybe more about your your upbringing on the civilian side because I feel like that was really hard not to not to take the the detour there because God knows that that's definitely you know another hour hour and a half easily. Um, but I like it. I like that we have um, enough of an experience to draw from to kind of cross between, like I said, the citizen soldier and the entrepreneur, you know, hashtag hustler. But um, <laughs> I think what we'll do is uh, go ahead and end the interview there. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Lost LT podcast. And um, as you can kind of see, that kind of encapsulates who do we identify as the all-encompassing alpha male type and how do we become them but also how do we kind of overcome our own self-imposed restrictions and become those people that we look up to so definitely a little bit of dancing around um, we'll do our best to kind of steer it in a more um, succinct or focused direction but um, it was something that I noticed about the outpost that I just wanted to talk to Nelson about a little bit more especially now that we are transcending into Captain Dumb so anyway um, If you're still with me, have a great rest of your evening. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Swish, and uh, I'll think of some kind of relevant closing. And I'll, I'll let you know next week what I've screwed up as a captain in my first week.